Hello listeners, welcome to Feeling Around in the Sound. This is a podcast where a group of friends who are constantly writing and exploring music try to share their feelings on an album that we find interesting. This first album we're going to discuss is called Hoop Dreams by Liv. Uh, how did you find this record? Yeah, I found it because uh, I saw her open for Earl Sweatshirt at the show in Toronto. Both opening acts were pretty good, so I checked both of them out, and I thought hers was, like, recorded, was definitely, like, my favorite of those two. Nice. So, I kind of just picked this one at random. Oh, yeah. What, uh, did she go first or second? She played first. Okay. Who's the other person? Uh, Baby Mother. Oh, (laughs) sounds cool. She plays, like, fun Migos-type trap music. (laughs) She goes pretty hard. It was pretty fun. Yeah. But like in a recorded setting, I thought Live mm-hmm. was the superior yeah. listen. So But it makes sense to have her start the show and then have like a party set mm-hmm. before it all comes in. Do you know a bit of better background? Because like this was the first I've heard like listening to her this Yeah, moment. I've was never the first heard time of her I've, before. I've listened. Yeah, I don't know too much about her. She's from Dallas, Texas. She has like, I'd have to check now, I should have had this open, but uh, <laughs> I think she has four or five like shorter projects <laughs> uh, released through like Bandcamp and oh, okay. kind of on all platforms, <laughs> but um, like this one's only 15 or 16 minutes long and a lot of her stuff is kind of like that kind of EP. I like that trend though. I feel <laughs> like we're really still getting a lot tighter. It yeah. used to be like an hour long was a requirement, so you'd have a lot of filler. Exactly, mm-hmm. but now it's like everything is just like right on it the whole mm-hmm. time. Like it just doesn't. It's like definitely quality over quantity now. I mean, unless yeah. you're like Migos and your <laughs> goal is to make like party mixes, then you but have like three hour long albums. Like, it's only sixteen minutes, but yeah, like it's, it's like a not lot of things happen. Short, you know, like there's a lot of different pieces on it which is mm-hmm. i think really cool and i kind of like that trend too of like songs being like a minute or a minute and a half because mm-hmm. like if something's good you don't want to like dragging it out will kind of dilute it a little bit whereas yeah. keeping the, the thought like the idea that's actually good and like using it until it's done is sometimes the better choice mm-hmm. rather than just repeating the hook a bunch yeah and then i just kind of like you just end up getting your audiences just get numb to it i guess or at least personally i do after mm-hmm. a while when it like it doesn't yeah. change in like not a great way or like yeah. even if it's it's like not a stylistic choice to just like be like Steve Reich and just like have something play over and over mm-hmm. and over and over again. It's um like your brain. You I, th- I feel like personally I just disengage with it a little if it yeah has makes a lot sense. Of filler. Yeah, it's really great for our era right now. Mm-hmm. Shorter and shorter sound bites packaged in a way that's gonna get a lot easier for people to jump on board with the album because mm-hmm. it's 16 minutes. So there's less investment, but there's way more like payoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it can it can spread fast, which is cool. Yeah, it's like definitely an album you'd never skip a song. Like you, mm-hmm. it's like a. It's like a scalable album. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great. Frank way to put is it. that way too. Like that's the only other project I heard by her. I mm-hmm. feel like it's even shorter than this one. Oh really? It's like eight tracks or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's also really tight. They're also like potentially really great commercial songs. She can put these in movies. She can put these in, like, these tracks could be in any video game, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The third one is, is like, a pretty hit single. It's the one with, like, the thick bass yeah. line at the yeah. end. Yeah. Power line. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, kind of syncopated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Oh, I love how it speeds up really slowly mm. and then drops back down to the original yeah. speed. Yeah. Uh, that's so tasty. <laughs> it like trips you up almost. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, what's happening? And it just <laughs> goes back. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, I think, an example of really good repetition. Yeah. Because you start to really enjoy the bass line and she switches it up. And then once you return to it, it feels like coming home. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so kind of, it's almost like dreamlike. It's all kind of like ethereal, but it like floats together and like fits together that, really well. Yeah, and it's just like weird little shape. Not like but weird at the shapes, same time, it like, has like some pretty jarring transitions. Yeah. And that I think also accentuates a surreal quality. Because mm -hmm. you do suddenly like, you know, one second you're at home, the next you're like floating or something. Yeah. I really like that about it. Also how we can't find any lyrics. It's like, it's oh, yeah, about the words. It's about like it's just the, vibe, the sounds. The yeah, and the vibe, exactly. And I also like how it's, even though it is like so short, it's decently varied. Like, oh, yeah. like this song kind of reminds me of like a D'Angelo song. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Almost like it's like at that like very old school R and B, mm -hmm. and then like there are like pockets that are almost like Destiny's Child, mm -hmm. like that very like '90s like, like pretty pop, pop, yeah, pop, like girl group pop R and B. Yeah, and then there's like. A reggae banger <laughs> in the yeah. middle as well. Like it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, and somehow she stitches it together really well. Yeah, yeah, like it's seamless all the way through. Like I never feel like each any of the transitions are jarring unless like she wants them to be. For sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, plotting to power line this like it's jarring because there's such a big volume jump to power line. But I, I actually really like that. I wish more albums play with dynamics more. Mm -hmm. So I feel like with things needing to get on the radio, there's a tendency that like everything kind of became the same volume. And then even within the track, it became super compressed to the yeah. point where like the whole mm. track is standard because you want it to be like the moment someone like tunes into it into the radio, they're like listening. Mm -hmm. But now that's less of a thing because you can stream music. Yeah. So to taking advantage of that, like switching up the volume. So yeah. I find it's a little more Power interesting line. for your when power lines came on, it was like it just suddenly like yeah. blasted the speakers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the transition between Beeman and For the Babies with Nate B has like a tone downing, kind of the reverse from jarring into some smooth flow, a bit of relaxation. So her transitions are not even like consistent, they're varied, and that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that, that song, the beat is a lot quieter. And then gives more room for the vocals to come out. And that's the one where you can pick up the lyrics easiest, I think, where she has a repeating hook. Love this way saying? till we fall apart. Well, so, okay. Yeah. The lack of published lyrics to the, the inability to see what she's actually saying, I think kind of works for it because the album felt like very mellow to me and mm -hmm. like in a kind of like, like in a wake and bake or like go to sleep on, after a long night mm -hmm. to something like this. But like, Lyrics can intrude on something like that. I think, like mm. if it's too hits like a nerve or something, mm. then I'll like feel something that takes me out of that maybe. Mm -hmm. But if it's just this ethereal kind of vibe thing, it's like always welcoming in that way. I think it's not baggaging mm. you with. You can kind of like make it what you want it to mm -hmm. be, yeah. sort of. Yeah, I personally prefer to do that anyway. Mm -hmm. um, Unless it's a song that I've already like deciphered the lyrics myself mm -hmm. or I've just heard the song like many, many, many times. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't really like to look up the lyrics because mm. 
even if I just like mishear a phrase and I kind of like build the meaning of the song around mm-hmm. that like misjudgment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. I don't know. I think I don't want to like necessarily take that away because yeah. I'm kind of yeah. like I like that the way yeah. I thought of it. Kind <laughs> of let it carry itself with like the weight of the sound alone mm-hmm. that way. Or even in like instances on this album where like. There are a couple little moments where I'll pick out the lyrics. It's like when I only catch it in flashes like that, I kind mm-hmm. of associate it with like the mood that's musically going on while she's singing it. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, it allows you to kind of fill in the gaps yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm a really big fan of that too. There's a. It's interesting. It's very, very uh, telling almost sometimes how much lyrics how like how much importance lyrics have been put into music traditionally and like Mm. how like way back like from like the renaissance or like medieval music we don't really know what they sounded like we just have the words Mm. it's like the poetry was the most important part of it yeah and it's kind of nice to see that it's like shifting a little bit more towards like the actual music and Mm. how words can just be like like just chosen to be for like their shape across like a chord mm-hmm. change or something mm-hmm. and which gives like a really neat um like the vibe or like just a, a musical setting uh yeah mm-hmm. serving more of like the the whole than rather being like a standalone like piece of like meaning mm-hmm. that is filled in by music uh, the album kobaya by magma they made up a language kobayan to pick uh, syllables that sounded nice singing and the person who wrote it, he's kind of one of those like R.R. Uh, R. Martin characters. So he has all the lore in his head, and it's yeah. like this tale of all these planets and stuff. But he didn't tell anyone what it was about, and he said like he thought that made the singing way more emotional because mm-hmm. then people just let it all out, and they were singing like whatever they thought it meant to them. Mm-hmm. So it became very personal for every single singer, and there are so many singers on it. Rachmaninoff oh. did that too. A lot of his music is programmatic, but he never told. He, he like very very rarely told people what his music was based on or about because often he would like see a piece of art or like read a book or poetry or just like it would be like a story and he would just write a song about it or he'd like write a piece about it mm-hmm. um, and it was there's like very few um, like almost everything is that he wrote is like based on another piece of art or an experience that he's had but he was very private and just didn't share that with a lot of people because he didn't want it to take away mm. the meaning for himself but also for other people. Yeah. So there's a few pieces like like the Rhapsody of the Paganini that he like wrote. He ended up having it got commissioned to be a ballet so he like wrote the whole story out as like the love story between like Paganini and like his thing and the devil like trying to steal her and whatever whatever. Um, there's a couple of his uh, his piano um, uh, it's like studies, um, yeah, I guess just um, that were based on paintings by hmm. a painter called Arnold Brocklin. He also wrote like a symphony, like a symphonic poem called Isle of the Dead based on a, pic- a, por- uh, a painting of the same name. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's just really neat. Like there's one where it's like, a, it kind of sounds like um, someone like riding across, like to me, like riding across like, a field like like trying to get back home somewhere for whatever reason like you've been gone for a really really long time and i love the dead no this is a different um it's just like an unnamed like it's just got like an opus number it's not really like got a title it's what's just like the a, opus number 
Oh, that's fine. I don't actually know, but I'm not, I'm not like yeah. right on it. Um, yeah. Oh, that's cool. But it's basically, it sounds like like someone galloping like across, like like just trying to get home without a horse. Like it's really like kind of triumphant, but also like urgent. Mm-hmm. And like right later I found that it was based on a painting by the by Arnold Brocklin and it's um I can't remember the name of the painting but it's basically like a soldier coming home after the war and he's like just over the hill and you can see his house in the background and there's like lights on in the in the in the family room like and everybody's mm. just kind of like living their life and he's just sitting there like looking at the house like he hasn't come home yet but he's mm. there and they don't know that he's back yet mm-hmm. and they're just kind of like taking that moment of like wow. watching them before he arrives back home yeah and it changes like fundamentally and it's kind of like the act of like like being gone for a really long time but then coming back home into it and it's yeah. like i feel like that would be lost for a lot of people or like they would think of that specific thing but for me it made me think of like you know when you go on a road trip and like you've mm. been gone for a while and you finally get to sleep in your own bed like that's mm. what it feels like at the very end for me is like coming back that's like sounds like that's anyway. what the painting was about too. yeah exactly did it always mean that for you yeah yeah that's really cool yeah is he the composer where um, someone f- had a theory about what one of their pieces meant, so they reached out to him, yeah. and he was like, "Oh, that's exactly actually, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah." What's your favorite song on the album, Connor? I don't know. I think the first three tra- songs in a run, mm-hmm. and the last three. Mm-hmm. I enjoy both of those like runs of songs. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one I'd say is my favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's most of the album. There's like seven or eight songs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like specifically those, those two, b- yeah. two yeah. breaks of yeah. three songs. Yeah. I like Together. the first half of the album best, and I I also like the second half of the album <laughs> for <best>. different reasons. <laughs> Do any of you have a favorite track? I'm gonna be a normie and say Power Lines. Nice. Yeah. That's dope. I don't know yet. Yeah, that's the one that just uh, can keep ringing in my head. Yeah, like I can dig mm-hmm. the vibe throughout the whole thing, but that yeah. one kind of stuck. Slicks. I've only heard it once so far, mm-hmm. but that mm-hmm. one sticks around. I think that was my first favorite, and it eventually moved to this one here, "Too Many Snap." Mm. Too many snap. Because uh, I I really like the lyrics in this song, but they keep changing for me. Because uh, it's like there's a lot of effects, and um, like at the end, I used to think they said anxiety always be on my mind, and now I think they said I'm glad he always be on my line. So and it's like two very different things. Yeah. And I really like both of them. But yeah. I don't know which one they're they're saying. Yeah. I don't know, I guess personally I do enjoy like reading the lyrics to tracks. That's just me. I don't know. The discovery process is pretty cool too. But having the lyrics just grounds me into the song and then I can like just like just once, you know, just watch the lyrics once and then it's like a map that I can use. So with this album, I feel like I would get into it more if I knew the lyrics. But she's making me work for it. Which is-, <laughs> <laughs> is there some music you do that for more than others? Probably like punk and punk rock or like pop punk. I'll listen to the lyrics or like read them and then uh, follow along with that. I find it's mostly about the lyrics in that kind of th- in that kind of music because mm-hmm. like pop pop punk like it's very like musically simple. 
And I hesitate to say that because it's not like simple, simple, but in terms of like harmonies, it's just a very one, four, five, one kind of. Yeah, like the message is in the words, whereas this track, this album, the message is in the whole picture, I guess, maybe. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, I think different artists have varying degrees of that, where uh, like a lot of rap music, I I listen to it like for the lyrics specifically. Uh, um, and the same with like Modest Mouse. Uh, for example, there was a time where I was like too depressed to read, so I just listened to like, all of Modest Mess a bunch of times, and I was like, "Oh, he's such a poet." <laughs> you know? um, yeah, I, I I really like words. Hmm. I don't know. Different artists do, do it differently because I think now with recorded music, you can. It's not like you know where you'd write down the lyrics and mm -hmm. you have like parts in a song. It's like you can just make a specific sound. And that repeats every time and like uh what is it called praise and worship it has mm -hmm. like bottles and stuff clinking yeah. and that's like is so nice and it's so perfect um and that's something that i think is new with the recorded music and especially as it gets easier to record music you can do more and more weird stuff like that and then it becomes about the entire atmosphere and honestly like my favorite artist ever is the do make say think and they have very few lyrics in their whole discography. Mm -hmm. But I also really like Kendrick, so. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah that's that's where absolutely where very much like mm -hmm. I, I, he's like saying something all the time and like you, you, it'll it'll get in your head, but it's mm -hmm. like you also won't be able to keep up with it on your own, I think. Yeah, least, I absolutely on a, can't on keep a first up with listen. it on my own. Yeah. So even though he's like not even like the he's not like a speedy, speedy rapper at all. It's just mm -hmm. like so loaded with, yeah, with meaning. Exactly, it's very dense. And, and like lines will interact with each other in very complicated ways. And that's that's one that I really like to read along with. While I will say I, I absolutely love that. And I love like trying to like figure out what, what like a Kendrick album is about and like piecing together the story he's telling. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also do love total mumble trap kind of stuff. Where <laughs> yeah. it's like, where it's like the lyrics don't even matter. I guarantee yeah. they don't make sense. And mm -hmm. also, like they're they're not going to uh, pronounce any word. Like, you can just I I can't do it like a Playboy Cardi impression. I can't. I, I don't have that kind of talent. Yeah. But like, <laughs> and I I'm, I like it sounds like. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being ironic here. I, I mean it. Like, mm -hmm. it's all vibes with Absolutely. that kind of stuff. And yeah, like, 100%. I feel the same way about this album, even though it yeah. sounds nothing like those kinds of albums. You know, yeah. it sounds nothing like Play <laughs> Dial It. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, feel I definitely found that I was listening to Love Sosa by Chief <laughs> Keef <Yeah>. recently. <laughs> And I love that song. Yeah. I think that is a fantastic song. Yeah. But I finally looked up the lyrics to it, and I'm like, these are bad lyrics. <laughs> like, like, I literally I heard that song a million times. I had no idea what he was saying. And then I finally read along, and I'm like, man, he's pronouncing a lot of these <laughs> And also, none of us make any sense. Did that change how you feel about the song? Though? I think it improved, no, still, right? No, it's still a good song, but like... You don't read the lyrics. <laughs> don't, 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 There's no point. Yeah. It adds nothing to it. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you can just read them and accept that they don't matter. Yeah. Yeah, these lyrics are really bad. <laughs> <laughs> the vibe of this album kind of, like, it reminded me of a couple albums. 
that are, I don't, this might just be in my head. They aren't like, they don't seem too related. But like the first one I thought of was um, Saba's Bucket List Project. Mm -hmm. There's like a very yeah. like ethereal soul vibe to that whole album. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of, it's, I think if you like whatever formula is going on in that album, if you flipped it over, you get something like this, where that has like some pretty hard hitting hip hop over these really ethereal soul soul tinged beats hmm. um and this is kind of this very ethereal soul soul music with uh with like this hip-hop undercutting it mm -hmm. uh, yeah like the big bass lines and the yeah. trap hats even in some yeah, songs exactly yeah i think that that's like i mean it's a common thing but it's like being used really well right now is the like making use of like kind of neo R&B mm. like mm. there's a lot of like state that like R&B has gone through like a lot of stages I'm not like I don't listen to a ton of R&B by any means but like I my first experience it was probably like all of us like you know a lot of 90s pop music yeah <laughs> like late 90s pop music yeah. and 2000s stuff had a lot of that like yeah and that always struck me as like kind of corny yeah. <laughs> like by and large mm -hmm. that kind of like destiny's child type <laughs> stuff yeah but i think now we're in like kind of like a a nice like Obviously, independent helps, but even like larger acts, like um, like Frank Ocean, for example, yeah. is like the biggest example that I can think of of like um, applying the sort of uh, like hard hitting and kind of like gritty realism <laughs> of real life to the beautiful angelic <laughs> voice of velvety smooth nice voice and smooth keys underneath yeah. you know what i mean mm -hmm. and then plus the advent of the popularity of rap you can kind of add like a hip-hop sensibility to songwriting Mm -hmm. Even though you are ostensibly a singer, not you're not rapping over this track. Mm -hmm. She doesn't really rap too much. Mm -hmm. She kind of like flirts with it a bit, mm -hmm. but doesn't really fully go there. Mm -hmm. But like you said, it's got a lot of the sensibilities of a hip hop song in it. Mm -hmm. I really like that trend as well in music where all the genres are just bleeding in. Mm -hmm. I think now everyone can listen to everything and you can hear that the music is awesome. Mm -hmm. People are taking the best parts of every other genre that they've heard and like kind of coalescing it into something that they want to mm -hmm. hear. And that's how you make new genres. Yeah, that's true. Scott Auto too. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I think Plotten would be my uh, preferred track on the album. It feels like she put a lot of herself in it and I can like hear her come through the most. And it's got, uh, I don't know, a groove that's really relaxing, kind of reassuring almost. Mm -hmm. And it's like the most intimate for me personally, because it's like the solo voice. I don't know, it comes through clearer and it's just, it just lets me connect greater than like the other, the other tracks have more of like a, it's like the lyrics are creating like a context or something rather than 
sending a specific message. I think the song is sending the most specific message. So my brain just latches on to that simplicity. <laughs> now, honestly, it's that. like, you, you're right when you say it's the most intimate, for sure. Because mm -hmm. like, I love the vocal harmonies, especially like the really thick layers, like the D'Angelo level thick. Uh, it, it really gets me emotionally, but it's not nearly as intimate as, as uh, just the one voice. Or that kind of sounds like she's singing to you. Yeah, exactly. And it's a nice contrast for the rest of the album. It's like she's kind of snuck in this little, like, this is just between us, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In between, like, the rest of the tracks. Or, like, when you're at a party and you're having, like, a conversation with only one person, but it's loud everywhere else, and it's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like out of necessity, you have to be close. Yeah. And the song's kind of talking about, the lyrics are talking about that, too. Like, like she, the hook is, loving me is a not close job. She's like talking about how she has trouble with distance. That's how I hear the lyrics. Thank you for checking out our first episode. It means a lot to us. Today you heard Connor, Amina, Anik, Nikhil, and Dylan discuss Hoop Dreams by Liv. Liv is spelt L-I-V dot E. You can find all six of her projects on Bandcamp and three of those on any streaming service. We hope you'll check her out. This is an album we really all enjoyed and her other albums are really great and worth a listen as well. Until next time, Take care. Keep your ears open. I'll be looking at your oil, use a whole mess. I'll be rolling on them dubs, got the whole bit. I'll be hitting up your mama, how she do it. No, she love me, but you know I can't get closer. I'm a mess around and have you in the closer. Loose goose, how I'm freezing on the coaster. Your fantasies are fixed by boiler E-V-I-L, that's when you get it twisted I ain't got the full bag, I'm still on the mission All these women steady looking at me sideways Niggas love to fill my cup up on bed day You know you want me in my whole entire thunder Silence, sweetie, make the little boy want